Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, a QPR podcast. Um, we weren't supposed to record this week, but quite a lot has happened, or one major thing has happened, so uh, we've pushed the emergency podcast button and we are recording. I'm David Fraser. I've got two other regulars with me. I've got Paul Finney. All right. And Chris Charles. Hello. And we have, um, obviously the big news this week has been uh, Ian Holloway coming back to the club. So we have three... Can I call you a remnant of the Ian Holloway era? Three throwbacks to the Ian Holloway era. Three men who were there. Um, we've got on the phone joining us shortly, Kevin Gallen. We have in the studio with us uh, Lee Cook. Hello. And we have Billy Rice, who was running the media then, that the best way uh, to put it? At parts, yeah. Well, <laughs> times. I, got, I kind of got promoted a little bit during that time and then um, I left. <laughs> so you, you were there 2001 to 2006, Something is like that, that right? Yeah, which so. which was Sounds pretty right. much about yeah. the same time as Ian yeah, Holloway. Gary just took over when I left. And were you the one who asked him the question about that got the famous answer about taking a girl home uh, and all the rest no, of I it? No, I wasn't. I was filming it, so the clip is actually my camera and me filming it. So and it you're was, laughing was, in the background. It wasn't my... I think it was Paul Warburton laughing, I believe. Uh, I don't know right. who asked the question. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, it was definitely my camera work. Whoever asked it probably wasn't expecting that answer. Probably no, no. <laughs> okay, right. Well, there is only really one thing to talk about this week. Before we get on to that, just let me remind everyone, you can follow us on Twitter at QPRpod. You can listen to old episodes at qprpod.co.uk and you can follow us on Facebook as well. Thank you very much to Chris Dunn for the beers tonight, um, who donated them online. Um, and we'll get on with the, the, with the podcast now. So, only one thing to talk about. Ian Holloway, anyone surprised? Shocked? What, what's the general feeling around the table? Well, you called it last week, didn't you? Did yeah. I? Yeah, you said I'd, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have Ian Holloway and, and Mark Bertram. Or well, well, both of you called it. Okay, <laughs> all right. We don't have Mark, Mark, Mark Bertram hasn't been confirmed, no. has he? But it seems uh, the, an the inevitable who, appointment. Who he was at before have, have, have said it, but right. QPR haven't confirmed it. So he's, he's coming back. Mm. He was with Tony Fernandez the other night yeah, with a QPR of, shirt. Yeah. So we're not very <laughs> subtle, are we? On yeah. These people keep these things under wraps. We just go, oh look, he's turned up the front room today. Yeah, the media team will be pulling their hair out because it's it's almost been announced by Fernandez and by the other team, and they have they obviously have to wait until it's properly signed yeah. before they can say anything so, so very frustrating Billy as someone who's worked inside a football club what would be the reason for the delay on that is that to Virtually, move on the no, existing staff or um, so so when a when a player signs you have to wait until they actually physically sign the contract you can't um, you can't say that we, we've signed a player or, or assistant manager until it, it's physically done so other outlets can go and say it um, but you look rather foolish and I, I've when I work there I've taken pictures with players in the shirt and they never actually signed. Right. Um, so you you can't. Anyone bring the bone? I can't. It, it was a goalkeeper. It was it was a rubbish loan or something. But we we took a picture of. Him. Was it? Did we buy? Did we sign Paul Jones in the end? Did we sign? Yeah, him? we did. Yeah. It wasn't him then. It was a goalkeeper. I remember a goalkeeper. We signed was it him. Mark Crossley, by any chance? It might have been Mark Crossley. Uh, it might have been. Yeah, I can't remember. It's a long yeah, time ago. But I remember taking a picture of a player in the shirt and everything. We were ready to announce it, and then they went, "Oh, it's fallen through." So it didn't happen. So from the press team's point of view. 
it's really frustrating because they, they obviously know that everyone's saying anything, but they can't physically say anything until, until he signs his contract. Pardon? You should have said Messi. Uh, see Messi in a QPR shirt. Yes, I could have said that, but that would have been wrong. <laughs> 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 it's that kind of week. Le- yeah. Lee, what's your thoughts and reaction to Holloway coming back? Um, I was a little bit surprised at first, purely because you know, his name wasn't really mentioned in any press article or... I mean, even in the bookies, he was far down the list. Um, Paul Clement and that, that, people like that, even uh, Robinson was, was quite high up on the list. So I was a little bit surprised, but, I mean, if you actually think about it, it's, in terms of what was out there available, I think it's quite a shrewd, shrewd choice for us, actually. Why do you say that? I think, um, not, not really on the football front at the minute, I would say the club, in the terms of atmosphere, um, in terms of how it had gone with the supporters... Uh, the club was kind of losing its, I don't know, identity a little bit. I think that getting Oli in as as a manager in that sense gives everyone a massive boost around the club. Even people that worked at the club um, seem didn't seem themselves. And I think this is just off the pitch. It's going to be a massive boost for everyone. Now on the pitch, different scenario. It's got a difficult squad to work with. Um, I don't think the player recruitment's been fantastic, and he's going to have a tough job on his hands. But one thing he will get out of him is passion and working hard. Um, even the players that you look at looking at the team now like Sir Cherry you might stroll about a bit this won't be happening under Ollie that's for sure but back when you played I mean you all sort of seem to have an understanding of Ollie and bought into his sort of philosophy and stuff like that how do you think some of the younger players particularly will have no idea who he is apart from maybe seeing <coughs> him on Sky Sports how do you think they'll buy into what he wants yeah. to do they'll, they'll love him they'll love him he's, he's one of them managers who you, you want to play for for his personality and the way he is with you. He's, he's an arm round you sort of guy. Um, he wants to know you're, you're away from football hobbies and he takes an interest in you as a player. And uh, I think as a young person coming through, um, he's, you know, he's still the best manager I've had in terms of that. So, Can I ask you a couple of things? There's the sort of a couple of, I won't say assumptions, but a couple of things going around that have been said about him. The first one is that he's tactically naive. That seems to be levelled to him, which... I think in the main, we have this conversation on Twitter, Billy. A lot of people label people in football with certain things based on how they look or how they come across. Is that your? Would you, is that a Holloway weakness? The tactics, or does that no, not exist? No, I think that's. I think people look at, at, at Ollie and think he's a bit of a because he's so funny and he he comes across as a bit of a joker. He's actually when it comes down to it, he's dead serious in his tactical setup and his preparation for a match. You don't really see that from the outside. You do those pattern of plays all day on a Friday, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. He's, What's you that? Know, well, you can explain yeah. better than me. But yeah, like <coughs> pattern, pattern of play. So we'd do it for like 45 minutes of the way we was actually going to play that game. And he'd mix things up depending on the teams we were playing. Um, he used to be a solid 4-4-2 sort of manager. This is the way we're playing. He, he, he liked to play football. Don't, like he's, he, The players he signed, you know, obviously centre-halves at the back weren't footballing centre-halves they were big strong characters who could edit and kick it he liked to employ them sort of defenders but generally in terms of the way we played it was an exciting type of football he was there for a long time and it kind of fizzled out in the end for him and maybe he did need a change um, obviously he's been away for a long time now so I think him coming back in we, we could get going again in that way the other thing that's levelled at him which he said was that maybe he's tired so that was why he left Palace I think he said he was tired and he 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 sort of he didn't last very long at um, Millwall either, and there's been a lot lately. You know, chat around Mourinho and other managers that managers have a shelf life, and that maybe he's 
yesterday's man, which I've seen people write online. What what would you say to that? I just feel we needed a break. Um, that's what he's had. He's been doing a lot of work for Sky, which he obviously he enjoys. But at the end of the day, he's his personality and and his experience in managing what he's actually achieved in the game, which is a lot. It's a lot for him. I mean, people getting jobs these days. I mean, they've not done anything near what he's done, and he still gets a little bit of stick because at a couple of clubs he didn't do, do so good. Yeah, he he's had you know a couple of promotions from the championship, which is the hardest league to get out of. Mm. He's done that. Um, and that was on shoestring budgets. Imagine if he had a good budget. I mean, they're saying now that when he got the job, uh, let's say today that he's been told that the budget's like sort of tight and he's got to sort of work with the squad that he's got. But that's still a bigger budget than what he's had and a bigger squad than what he's had to work with before. I think what you've got to remember is that when, and you, 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 uh, when Holloway came into the club, we were a basket case. We're not a basket case yet. But we're certainly heading in the better direction. Um, and what, what he should always be remembered for was putting players out in the pitch. But we had no money mm-hmm. and the way he moved the loans. So whatever people say about him tactically, I mean, I don't know, Lee would know more, Billy would know more than I would. But you, can't, you have to admire the fact that he can put a team together. It doesn't matter where they come from, how much money you pay for them. Everyone in that team is on a level playing field. And he will get the best out of every single player. I mean, that that's it. When we turned off that Celtic friendly, I think it was, mm. with like trialists and free transfers and everything else. We, we had no money. We were administration. We were skinned. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, and he is, but it, it also the club was different now. Because I remember once, and this is saying, I'm not trying to big myself up because that'd be ridiculous, but we used to do things at the LSA where you'd get a shirt signed. And someone at the club threw a moody fit and wouldn't take the shirt down. So that I got a phone call to say that I had to go down to the training ground and get the shirt signed and it was so open you, you turned up my van I've got my daughter in my arm she's only about four or five months old then and I'm walking down to Holloway to give him this shirt to get signed by the players because he used to have the canteen as well down there and I'm watching training do you know what I mean with him and he's chatting away and he's so infused he's, he, he's bouncing around the place <laughs> and you kind of look at QPR now where you've got the players going behind the you know they've got the, the barriers out yeah. on the Saturday and the club's different now to what it was then. It was a very open club. Holloway was an open book. He welcomed everyone, and it'd be brilliant if you can get the club back to that again because we have lost our direction. We have lost That's that family. Feel a, a, bit. a big part of employing him was for that. I, personally, I think. Mm. I think a big part kind of, of the it culture was side the, the way that the club was going. I mean, this season's been diabolical ah. in terms of the atmosphere down there. Um, I mean, people I know that work in the club, it's just, they're not, they don't just seem happy anymore. It doesn't seem like it used to be. This has been going on for a couple of years now, and I think him coming back in is going to change the whole atmosphere down there from from the staff to the playing staff to the fans and everyone interacting together again. I think we lost a little bit of interaction with the with the people at the club and, and the supporters. I think we lost it a little bit. I think what he can do and what he will do, he will make the people in the club popular as well he'll make Tony Fernandes a lot more popular than what he is yeah. he will get everyone bouncing because he he, he has <coughs> had a burden I mean I remember years ago when we played um, uh, Swindon the, before we went up to Sheffield and he was on the pitch and he was bouncing you could see and you can see the players bouncing I'll put the video up and, and you, and from you two a day the guys you'd run through a wall for him wouldn't you just mm. going to get some milk yeah you want to play for him, <laughs> you <want> to play <laughs> for him. and he's a he's a good guy as well because I remember um, we had a letter we had a letter I think a fan was was ill or I can't remember the exact circumstances 
But he sat there and he, and he went, oh, get me the headed notepaper. And he sat there. He must have sat there for 40 minutes thinking about what to write and, and what to do. So he, he's a genuinely nice person. He does, he does care and he, and he wants to help. And quite often, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, he's, he'll talk to someone. He'll talk to them for ages, just going on and on and on talking. Because I think he's a, a genuine person. He really does care. He's, he's not kind of a, a fake. He won't say things and just try and get out of the door, whatever. He, he really 100%. does care. I mean, when I, I remember <clears> when I first signed for them, when I left Watford and come to QPR, I had to go to a tribunal for the fee. And I had to go up to the FA headquarters and sit in front of a panel uh, who would ask me a certain amount of questions on how well they thought Watford brought me up as a player. Now, I was going on my own, I had to wear a suit. It was all, you know, all this posh stuff. And anyway, Ollie <laughs> rang me the night before I was going and he come and picked me up in a taxi and took me up there. He didn't have to come. He had tra- the boys had training. I had to go up to the FA. And he, mm. he didn't, he come with me that day because he was, you know, he was concerned about me and worried about me and said, I'm going to come and, you know, support you up there. That's the type of, that's the type of manager that he is. It, it's he interesting. Really cares about his players. It, interesting. And, and the last few <coughs> days, the messages we've got on Twitter from fans and email, uh, uh, fans of the club and followers of us and emails we've got, everybody has a Holloway, a kind of a personal anecdote or personal yeah. story of where their experience with Holloway and how he's gone the extra mile for them and he really does seem a sort of genuine look, guy you've got to look at Hillsborough and the the town hall afterwards mm. I mean we didn't have parades I mean that, that sums it up we didn't have parades we went up the, the two times after we had a parade that time somehow we were able to do a parade then we went afterwards but anyway but he just burned his enthusiasm is amazing and I think at this point in time, it's the right thing to do to try and get the club back on track because we did a huge kick up the arse. It didn't work for Jimmy Hasselbank. Lord knows why it didn't work, but the football, like you said, was star. It wasn't catching on. The family, the, the ground was empty. On Saturday, it will be buzzing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Buzzing. the thing with Jimmy as well, as I said last week, it was his communication as much as anything else. I and mean, we didn't really know what was going on. Um, and, and the one thing I hope Ollie will do is um, is the old proverbial round pegs and round holes because a lot of the time we were seeing players so far out of position. I think, and I hope what Ollie will do is find a find a formula and actually put people in the places they're supposed to play. Yeah, I think as well talking about whether he was, he was burnt out. I mean, if you're in Holloway, you know, you 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 turn up to Norwich on on Saturday, the crowd's going to be buzzing. They're going to mm. be singing his name. You know, from from his point of view, that 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 must be amazing feeling that everyone. You have to feel that love and that that belonging. It must it must really spur your mind. Must be a, a fantastic feeling. Okay, well, we're, we're going to be joined now by uh, another um, player from that era, along with Lee. Um, with a bit of luck, on the end of the line now is Kevin Gallum. Hi, Kev. Thanks for coming on. We are there's there's three of us podcast regulars. We've got Billy Rice, who I know you know, and a, a chap you may be familiar with, Lee Cook, around the table. Um, we've just been talking, obviously, about the only QPR news story this week. Consensus seems to be that Holloway, Ian Holloway, will be the one to bring back a bit of pride and passion and get the fans excited again. Presuming you, you, you'll go along with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I think I think it's badly needed um, from you know the the past uh, few months, uh, especially the home form, and you know. You can play poorly or be a place sort of uh, negatively away from home, but at home, in front of your home fans, really, uh, where the majority of your crowd are, um, you have to put on some uh, a show. And uh, unfortunately, uh, in the last few months, that hasn't. So I expect uh, on Saturday a big turnaround, really. 
And look, it's, it t- this is a question to both of you, really, Kev and Lee. It's um, sort of a, an open secret that Mark Bircham appears to be uh, joining Ollie in the next few days. What um, what role do you think he'll play, and what will he bring to this new management team? Well, you know, uh, Ollie's uh, pretty hands on, uh, and Bert, um, and Birchie really well. You know, he's a he's a massive QPR fan. Uh, you know, the, the supporters are seem to be uh, the majority. Ninety nine point nine percent is always the odd uh, one who uh, doesn't agree with the with the. The rest of uh, the rest of us, but Paul Finney, uh, Birchie will bring. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Finney. No, uh, so you know the fans are really pleased. I think they're really pleased to see Mark back. I think they uh, identify with uh, a QPR supporter and the next player uh, being um, in on the management team. And you know, I think it's a good thing. And uh, really wish, I wish uh, Ollie and uh, Birchie the best. And I think they've got a. A great opportunity and uh, to do really well for QPR and to push us up the league. When he was at, at Palace, um, he said he was a. Uh, when he took the job, he said, "I'm sick and tired of being a joker. I'm a football manager, not a joker." And that seemed to be the start of his downfall. I mean, personally, I'd, I'd like to see him keep the sort of spirit and the fun that he's known for, rather than take himself too seriously. Without obviously, you know, diminishing the fact that he is the manager. Well, yeah, I think, uh, but I think uh, that's a lot to do with the media and the press, and they always want, you know, over the past few years since he left QPR, they always always asking questions unrelated to football and what's going on in the world, and you know, not relating to the club that he's at, and uh, and Ollie always gave a good answer and a, a very entertaining answer. So, you know, I'm sure the media and the press will be after some more quips, but. When he was uh, the manager of Cuba, when I was his, well, I was uh, he was my manager at Plymouth. I was at Plymouth with him for a while, and uh, he was very bubbly. He had, a, you know, his personality shone through, but he was always uh, serious about the football, and and you know that's the main thing. And uh, supporters and uh, the media can't really see that when you're on the training pitch twenty four seven. So very serious about the football. Uh, he was always good fun to work with and to be around, and. Uh, you know, you get that in, in some of his interviews, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's there to win matches and he was very deadly serious about that. I'm going to ask you both this one in turn. Lee first, your favourite Ian Holloway story. <clears throat> oh, blimey. I, I remember we spoke about this at the old uh, podcast last time at that boozer. Um, I think there's many stories about him, but <laughs> a lot of them are quite difficult to speak about. Come on. With people listening. <laughs> so, uh, we do have some young listeners, but do, do you know? I'm not too sure which Can't one. Can't do it. T-Card, come on. Can't. Can't. Seriously, if you knew what it was, you can't. There's there's many, but, you know, I, just, I don't know, just on a day-to-day basis there was, you know, stuff happening, but I think on a f- football sort of terms, I, this was quite a good one for me. I remember one of the first days I signed there, um, Mark and Kev being part of this when I signed, they were telling me how how good he was at running and how fit he was. Um, obviously, I looked at him as a bald old man, so I thought, well, he can't, can't be that good. Um, they said, well, he'll beat you on a perimeter run. So I went, no chance. He's got Because I was you know, 20, 21-year-old kid. Anyway, news got back to Ollie what I'd said. And got out to the training pitch and um, he pulled me up in front of the whole squad and said, here, I've heard you uh, think you can beat me at running. I said, well, I didn't, no, I didn't say that. He went, he went, yeah, you do. I've got my eyes and ears everywhere. I've heard about it. He goes, come on, then me and you, you're on a perimeter now. So everyone's going, well, go on, go on. And I, to be fair, I, I plopped a brick. 
I, I, back, <laughs> I backed out of it. I thought, I can't, because if I do lose, I'll never live this down. So I went, nah, you're all right, Gaffer, it's fine. You crack on, it's all right. <laughs> and he would have been, what, 42? He would have been twice he your would, age. Yeah, but apparently he was... No, he was really good, Kevin. He like on them on them primitive well, ones. He was a bit of a. To be fair, uh, you were, we were all fit lads in those days because you mm. know they did uh, him and Kenny. They did like <laughs> the training was very tough. We always uh, even if if we didn't have a midweek game, we'd have a Tuesday running session, mm. and pretty much like the Jerry Francis Terror Tuesdays, they were very tough. And uh, Ollie was an excellent uh, long distance runner. And um, just a quick story. It's not my favourite Ollie story, but when I was a pro. When I first become a pro, 18, uh, Jerry Francis used to take us down to Richmond Park in the first week of pre-season on the Saturday. And um, basically a six, seven-mile run. And usually uh, the first week of pre-season is always absolutely red hot. Always is. And uh, I remember just uh, Jerry blows the whistle. We start at one end of the park. We've got to make it our way around the whole, the whole perimeter. And I see, uh, and I'm thinking, well, you've got to pace yourself. I'm a young lad. To pace myself, seven years old. Uh, sorry, seven miles around. <laughs> so it's just my little boy just walked in, and I've just told him to get out. Johnny, get out. The, get out, please. I'm on the phone. This is important. Keep your ass up. Sorry. Put him on. <laughs> no, no, no. Bye. <laughs> and um, seven miles around, and I just remember um, Ian Holloway sprints off for the first mile. And I'm looking at everyone. What's he doing? What is he doing? He's never going to keep this up. And he did. It was unbelievable. I thought he was absolutely mad. He sprinted off. And I said to him, what are you doing that for? He said, well, I was just trying to break everyone's confidence straight away. And he did. Because he sprinted (laughs) off at 100 mile an hour for the first mile. Oh, he was about 500 metres ahead of me. By the time, yeah. So he was a yeah cookie. It was a good decision not to run in that yeah. day. Believe me, it would have been yeah. embarrassing. And we had all we had all on him as well. That would have been good on the first day, wouldn't it? <laughs> what, what do you yeah. what do you think it was that he brought to QPR at that time, Kevin? And they, they, they made us so we did have we did have this thing that, that, that we were QPR. We were a proper club again. We were, and it was us against the world. How did how did he manage to bring that mentality into the players as well? Because we did have that. Well, I think the the best part of the job that he done was the signings. I think he got his signings spot on, um, and that is so important. I always talk about it. if you get your signings spot on, it's your halfway there. Uh, he managed to get me back. He then he signed for Paul Furlong. He signed um, Birchie. He then signed Cookie. He signed Martin Rowlands. He signed Gareth Ainsworth. These players were brilliant, and even Steve Palmer. These players were great for him. Danny Shearer, I could go on. These players were great for him in the changing room, where we would, you know, we would. He sort of left it to us to get on with it, really. I know there was a lot of guidance and uh, training, but once you cross over that white line on the pitch on a three o'clock on a Saturday, we had some really good kids there. And if someone wasn't doing it or someone wasn't pulling their weight, they'd be told, come on got to do better than that not in a nasty way but and there was a good camaraderie and he was uh, very instrumental in that and um, I think that was you know his greatest thing at that stage was the players he brought in and he brought in the players with the right character that brought into the way he wanted to play but also brought into the way he wanted us to act and uh, show the passion that we did yeah I mean uh, 
same as Kevry. I mean, I, I remember when I first come on loan, I come to QPR on loan first um, from Watford at, when they was in League One, well, it was Dog Division. Yeah, League One, sorry. And uh, I was there for three months, I think it was. And, you know, yeah. it, you always take time to settle into a club. But I remember after about a week of being there, I loved it. Mm. And I didn't want to go. I wanted to be there all the time. And Watford called me back after about two months into the loan, I think it was, and I, I was absolutely gutted that I was going to be missing out on going to the training run every day with him, his staff and all the boys and missing that sort of banter. Watford was nothing like it. It was completely different. I don't know if it was because it was QPR and there was ex-fans there, there was a few London people about down there and it was just, I don't know, it was a different atmosphere and I was gutted that I was actually going back to Watford. Yeah. You know, you just wanted, yeah, I mean, you wanted to be around him. Wanted to be around him. I mean, yeah, I agree totally. Going into training in those days, and it was hard. The training was hard, but the atmosphere, the atmosphere, and the laughs we had. It yeah, was, it was just non-stop. It was like getting for half nine. You'd leave about like, three o'clock, and for the whole time there'd be jokes going on. You're just right. messing about. It was it was really good time, and you know, you know, you go on away trips. I used to love going on away trips yeah. because we'd have to spend about five hours on the coach going up north. And we'd have the best laugh ever. And I think, it can, <laughs> it was, I think he's going to bring that back. I think he will bring that back, especially with, you know, if Birchie's coming in, you know, he's the character that the lads are going to like. You know, we're all close pals. You know, me, Kev, Birchie, Rowley, we all, we all get on great. And Birchie's a lot, really likeable, banterish sort of guy that the players are going to, you know, he won't hold back. The first day he's going in there, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be, trying, to, he'll be trying to see yeah. what yeah. he can say about him, you know, <laughs> what, what, what sort well, of banter well, he can will go in. Birchie will go in the first day as if he's been he's known all the lads all his life <laughs> that's just the way yeah. he is but, uh, but well he will yeah, do because he's a QPR that's... fan so he's obviously been watching them and he'll know who they all <laughs> yeah. are straight away won't he mm. yeah but they won't yeah, but they probably won't know who he is but they'll within a day they'll know who he is <laughs> well, do you reckon Kevin <laughs> will it be um, Blue and White Her again do you reckon Pardon? Will he come uh, back to Blue yeah. White He's going a bit bald now isn't he he's just... I think, oh, we uh, I scalp. think he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't got much left so <laughs> I think you know that that could be the writing on the wall if you put Sty in it. I what, think it'd be all over. What was the story about that blue and white hair anyway? Well, he actually said to me once, we were in pre-season, I think we were in uh, Aylesbury, we used to go to this army barracks. It was the worst pre-season ever. <laughs> but we we, died, yeah. we went there and he said to me, Kev, I'm going to dye my, blue, uh, my hair blue and white. And I went, that was so ridiculous. He said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I went, I went what are you talking about? He said, I bet me 100 quid. I went, yeah, go on then. I never thought he'd do it. And then he turned up the first game of the season with blue and white hair. He looked absolutely shambles. <laughs> what are you doing? I didn't pay him, by the way. <laughs> but it was a bit, I don't know. He, he just, it was great on the pitch, but it, the problem was when he went out for a meal with his wife, he probably looked ridiculous <laughs> in a nice restaurant. I think he always had to wear a cap or something. Brilliant. But then you can't do that at dinner table, can you? Um, I just want to ask you too there, there was a lot, seems to be a lot of leaders in the teams you both played in under Ollie um, there's no obvious candidates in the current squad I just wonder whether you think uh, Ollie will stick with Anua as captain I think he probably well will, I think yeah. he'll assess the squad I think he'll assess it and uh, you know I don't think it's, it's the right thing to do coming in and you haven't seen anyone play I mean I'm sure you've seen him on video but he'll have to give everyone a chance he'll give I'm sure he'll give Anua a chance to play and uh, if he plays well, he'll keep him as a captain. If he doesn't, then he won't play. But to go in and just come change the captaincy straight away, I don't think that'd be right. 
Yeah. I think the only way he might change that is come January if he signs someone that he's bringing in and he want, wants to be the captain. I think I'm sure it yeah, stay the same. Yeah, just to clarify, when I said no obvious candidates, I meant no obvious candidates to replace it. Or I'm not saying he's mm. not an obvious <laughs> candidate. Okay, what, what was what was Steve Palmer like as a captain when when you were there? Steve was a what he was very quiet. He wasn't a, a very um, boisterous captain, but one thing he uh, he was excellent at. He was always fit. He was always available to play. He was always available to train. He, he very rarely missed a day's training, and he trained uh, very well, 100%. And he was he was sort of an older statesman where getting on a little bit, but he trained every day, and he led by example, as in looking after himself and giving 100%. And uh, I think Oli and at the time probably thought, you know, this is a man who I can rely on. He'll be available to play every game because he rarely got injured. And that was probably the reason why he was captain at that stage. What, um, what, where does this leave? Sort of moving, moving back to the present day. Where does this? What does this appointment mean to both of you for the long term plan? The long term plan that we keep hearing about. Is this a long term appointment or is this a short term? Keep what, everyone happy, repair some of the damage appointment. What, I don't think no one really knows think, what the long term appointment is. Uh, you know. There's no, uh, look. Because in my opinion, there's, there's no long-term appointment. You have to win matches. If you lose matches, you, you, your job becomes untenable. But if you win matches, it becomes long-term. <clears throat> Do you Simple remember when we, lost, when we lost to um, Cardiff 4-0, didn't we, um, in the playoff season? We lost to Cardiff 4-0. And we lost just, just after we lost to Vauxhall Motors. That was my first week at the club. Really? So we lost to Vauxhall Motors and we lost to Cardiff 4-0. And I remember going to that press conference and I, I remember walking into there thinking, right, Ollie's gone, he's sacked. Yeah. Um, and he just about held on to his job. And then I remember we beat... No, we drew Brentford the next game. Yeah, and then, game. and then we beat Peterborough in, in the yeah. early New Year. We were on a run. We won, what, And then we five? beat Wickham, yeah. We really picked yeah, we were on a, on, a, on a really big run. It obviously took us all the way to the playoff final and then you had that momentum. But it just shows you football. If, if Ollie yeah. got sacked after that 4-0, no one would have, would have <clears> moaned because they probably would have... Deserved it, they would well, have said off the run, but you know, it just shows you. Looking back, Billy, he had at the end that I remember that very well, but he had the full support of um, the players. He really did at that stage. And um, sometimes, if, you, if I think one of the main reasons is when managers get sacked, they, they lose the dressing room. And Ollie never lost the dressing room. That's interesting. So. Mm. He said when he was at he Palace, was. people said I'd lost the dressing room, but I know where it is. It's down the corridor on the left. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, 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 it's a good, that's a good comeback. But uh, you know what I'm saying? But, if but, you lose the dressing room, it's hard to keep your job. But Lee, uh, as well, when you lose a game, what was it like after that? It was all very well. We seen them all in on the pitch and we're winning and things are going well. What, what's, what was it like when things weren't going so well? He was okay. He was always well, very positive. Always. Um, I remember our. I had a bit of confidence low at one stage and he he, he put his arm around me and said look you're the, you're, you've got the best left foot in this division I was on a right down I had like four or five bad games on the spin and I was thinking what's going on like I've, this has never happened to me before and uh, he called me and then we had Kevin McLeod there at the same time who you know at the time was doing okay like and he he called me in and he said what's wrong and I said I'm just my confidence ain't there right at the minute I don't know so I've never had this before and uh he kind of gave me a bit of a kick up the arse and said, like, you know, this is how good you are. Get out there and do it. And the next game, we had Stoke live on Sky. Kev was playing in that game. We won 1-0 live on the telly. And, you know, bit with it being live yeah. on the telly, there was a bit of nerves about. 
and I just felt a different man that, that game and then from then on to the end of that season I was in good form and the following season as well and that, that's what he, that's the kind of stuff that he's like he's even if you lose a game or someone's out of form he's always seems to stay positive and believes in what he believed in in bringing you to the club or believed in the way that he was playing he was always very positive He's hard work from a media point of view after a game as well. So I remember we used to have these northern trips on a Tuesday night up at Preston. We used to drive up during the day. And, you know, you'd, if you'd lost the game, um, in Holloway would be in the changing room for an hour, hour and a half before he'd come and do his press conference. And he'd have the hump. Because he took it very personally. He would, you know, he you know, got real hump about these things. He wasn't philosophical. He'd go in and you could see the emotion. And we wouldn't leave grounds till, you know, gone midnight. Then we'd have a long trip back. So... You know, even from, you know, I'm a QPR fan, I'm season tick holder now. You know, you wanted us to win games. But if you lost as well, it was a double whammy because you knew you'd have to wait an hour and a half for Ollie. You knew he'd have the hump. You knew it would just be a really hard job. So, you know, he, he really took these defeats on the chin, really unhappy about them. Kevin, mm. anything stick out in your mind? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he, um, there was times, um, I remember one time I played, uh, we played a game at home, I can't remember, but I do remember walking sort of, down the corridor in the South Africa road where the boxers are after a game I think we drew 1-1 and the, uh, he pulled me and he sort of said to me what's wrong with you and I was like well, what do you mean he goes it, that's not you out there what's, what, what's wrong with you You need. I didn't bring you back to the club to play like that this that really gave me a, a real big kick up the, kick up the backside and uh, but in a positive way where he said you're so much better than that you've got to do better than that I need you to do better than that so after getting the kick up the backside he gave me a uh, you know, uh, arm around the shoulder. You got you're better than this and that, and you sort of go in. Well, yeah, that yeah, he's right. He was he, and he was right. And then you're thinking, well, the next game I've got to do the business for him and do the business for the team. So he was good like that. He he would uh, tell you where you're going wrong, and he would be honest, and then and then give you like you know, come on, I need you, and that little boost to go out and play well. How how do you think Ollie's going to feel about reporting to Les? <laughs> well. It's a difficult one because, and then it's not a difficult one because all managers have to report to someone. So you have a report to the chairman, I suppose, or the chief exec, where this time Ollie has to report to the Les, and then Les probably has to report to the chairman. So it's, I think it's, it's okay. They've known each other. They played each other for five, maybe five, 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 six years, maybe in the in the 90s, whatever it was. So. They're two football men, and they should uh, know where it's going right and um, and know where it's going wrong. So I, I don't see how it's a problem. One Ian Holloway story that I before my time at the club, I, I heard it from someone else at the club. Um, we lost to Swansea in the FA Cup. I think we got heavily beat four nil. Yeah, and I remember I remember one of my colleagues told me that in the press conference they were saying, "Holly, how do you feel you lost four nil to Swansea?" He went, "I don't care. I just signed Kevin Gallon." So that was, that was actually his voice as well. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a bad. And we won and we won the next game four nil against Swansea in your debut second Swindon, debut, Kev. Yeah. I think Swindon, 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 Swindon. Swindon. That was it. Yeah. So the weird thing is Willie Carson was at the game that day as well. Yeah. And it was I remember that I remember that <laughs> Sunday because I was down I came down from I was at Barnes and I came down on the Saturday night and uh, I didn't really tell anyone that I was signing to QPR on the Monday and I came down I told a few people I went round to my parents and I watched that game against Swansea where we lost 4-0 and I watched it and I thought what have I done here uh. <laughs> but um <laughs> But it was, and a lot of people give it, what have you done here? And I thought, no, no, it, 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 we'll, we'll turn it round, we'll turn it round. And 
the first game against Swindon coming back and we won 4-0 we were 3-0 up at half time and I remember the sort of the relief not only for me but for for Ollie in the, in the in the dugout that day especially when I scored he was I think he was sort of he was over over the moon but also I think you could see the relief the relief because losing on TV that night against Swansea was you know was a poor result well, they were born in the league at the time as well. And yeah. I, I was there. But the reason why I mentioned Willie Carson was because he was running around and going to everyone. You've just lost to Swansea. We're going to hammer you. Could you find Willie Carson after the match? Could you fick? <laughs> I don't think so anyone was quite difficult to find at the best of times. Such a name <laughs> drop, <laughs> Paul. No, no, um, no, he was outside the ground giving everyone shade that we just lost to Swansea. Anyway, sorry, Kev. But, f- final question no to both of you before we let Kev go because I'm conscious that you've got a seven year old that we haven't let you put to bed yet. Um, what um, day one? What's on the to do list for Ian Holloway, Lee? Change that formation. Hundred percent. Change the formation. Play two up front, please. Kev, uh, to do list. I think it's well. His to do list is um, pick the right team for Norwich to win to win the match. Uh, regarding the formation, his last two clubs, he's 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 been manager of um, Palace and Millwall he always played with one up front a big man up front and uh, and a 4-3-3 system so I'd be very surprised if he changes it for who knows what he's been thinking over the last year watching the different teams so we'll which, wait and see but which, sorry go on which big man will he, will he go up front with? do you think he'll go with uh, with Poulter or Silla well it's a difficult one because, well, you'd think Silla because to be fair, Silla scored is in more in form, but he seems at the moment he's been great as an impact sub. So we maybe go with Polter to wear the opposition defence down and then bring on Silla for the last thirty minutes. He's got some good options there. It's also got Connor Washington. I expect to play more, maybe centrally and more towards running towards his goal than he did with. Under Jimmy Floyd, See, he's, so he's got a few he's, options. He's so one that could get a new lease of life under Ollie Connor Washington. Yeah, he's had I so much so. stick and been playing out of position. Ollie could come in and yeah, stick him up front of Paul and say, "Right, I'm going to play in your position. This you're starting fresh for me." And if he gets hold of him yeah. and, and get, gives him that confidence and that boost, which we've talked about that he does before, we could see a different player in Connor, and hopefully he can get a few goals, and then his confidence picks up, and he could be a proper player for us. Without a green shirt, mm. yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> said nothing. Kev, you've been brilliant as always. Um, thanks for coming on. And ho- I, hopefully, we'll get you down ranges soon and um, you can get the old gang back together down QPR. Wouldn't it be great to have Lee Cook, Rollins, Kevin Gallen, and Burcham, and Holloway? Half and a hairy. Winning games again. <laughs> Eric Sabin. <laughs> get, that, get that old QPR spirit going. What do you reckon, big man? Yeah. Will we do it? Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great, yeah. Good, man. Thanks a million, Cheers, Kev. Kev. See you later, Kev. Thanks, 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 I was buzzing this morning about the podcast. It was like, you know, you're coming in after mm. another game with Hasselbank. I'm not slagging him because he's wrong because he can't defend himself. And you're like, you, 
you're struggling already and buzzing for Saturday I and mean, we don't even know what's going to happen and another thing to think about and it just occurred to me when, when Kevin was talking that Ollie's been away for, for 10 years or so mm. and people like to take the mickey out of QPR saying they've you know they lost our identity whatever you know he's going back to a club he's still got Caroline who's, who used to be his assistant at the training ground who's still there Andy Evans uh, in the community department. You've got Julian Commercial. You've got yep. Jenny in the box office. These are, and Diane, I think, Francis, at, uh, Francis in, in the yeah, club shop still, as yeah. well. You've got lots of staff who, who have still been there and the backbone of, of the club as well. So, you know, he's going to see a, quite a few cat at the, the, the kit man as well. <laughs> still there. Still got the cat man do. Still got the haircut of a 12 year old. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what is it you think, Lee, first? I know we've talked about this before. But what do you think he, he will do in the first few weeks with that squad? Can he energise it enough to get it going? Because we're not that far away from the playoffs, you know. I know we should really talking about it. We, we Listen, it. The, the, the football's been so bad. It, it, has it been the players that we got or has it been the way they've been set out to play by the manager? Now, I personally think it was the way they've been set out to play by the manager. Okay. I think in terms of the playing staff, yeah, it's not, not the best squad in the world, but... There's some decent players in there still mm. where we can play some decent football and, and actually look like a proper team. I feel that under Jimmy, we played the same formation each week when it wasn't working and he didn't change it at all. And it took him till 70 minutes to change it in games. This won't happen under Ollie. If things ain't working, he'll change it. He, he's that sort of guy. He won't sit there and wait and wait and wait. If we're, we're playing having a bad game, he'll change it up. Interesting. Sorry, I've just jumped in in front of Chris, but interesting what Kevin said when we are we asked the question about long term plan, and it seemed Kev's view was very much there's no such thing as a long term plan in football. You've got to win the game next week. So, is in that case is is it deliberate? <laughs> is this appointment deliberate? And is now the long term plan to have a short term plan? Yeah, for QPR, hundred percent. Definitely. There's no such thing as a long-term plan in football. People say there's, <coughs> we want to do this by five years. How do you know if a player's going to break a leg if you're going to do it? You don't know. Five-year yeah. plans or four-year plans or, or whatever. Yeah, four-year plan went well. Yeah. <laughs> They're plans. I think, I, think, I think the plan should be is to get everyone unified, bring back unity and bring back yeah. the love that we had before because the last few games we've had people fighting with each other and everything else has all been got a wee bit of If one person can unify, bring out passion, bring out pride, bring out belief... He's got the job. Well, I mean, one question I wanted to put to you, Lee, um, and everybody really, is that something that's been levelled at him by by some fans, and uh, is that he's been out the game for what fifteen months now. Um, he's sort of a bit out of touch, you know. Is, is he? Can he hit the ground running? Has he? Has he seen enough football? I mean, there's one thing watching football; it's another thing actually coaching it. As Clive said, Clive Whittingham said on Twitter, "It's not going to kill you. This appointment." sort of how I feel about it not necessarily the one that a lot of fans like he wouldn't have been one that popped into my head but you know what we could do a lot worse and it's not going to kill us is it mm. no exactly exactly I mean like we said before it was a little bit of a surprise but if you actually sit down and think about it deeply it's a very shrewd appointment and we've talked about the off-field problems um, with all the, the atmosphere down there if things are going to change straight away you watch Saturday at Norwich it's going to be completely different and that in itself is a reason to give him the job until we concede in the second minute from a yes. from a corner. <laughs> well, <to be laughs> we fair, all know it's going to happen, don't we? To yeah. be fair, my fifteen-year-old 
uh, came up to me last night and she goes, I want to go back to Rangers. You know, mm. I'm, 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 you know, whereas before she, you dragged down the yeah. under, not duress, but I used to hammer a few times. <coughs> She's got a good memory for a five month old, old yeah. child. But do you know what my favourite Ian Holloway quote is? Ian Holloway is, is famous for all these, these funny quotes. And there was a video on Facebook that I edited years ago, and it wasn't yeah. particularly well edited, edited, but it finished mm. on a quote. And it's my favourite Ian Holloway quote it is, This is a proper football club. Yes. Mm. And basically, you know, Ian Holloway gets it. He gets what QPR is, and I think that is that is very important because the fans the fans will get it. And you know, he's a football manager, and things may go right or they might go wrong. But you know, he's batting for our team, and you know, I think I think that's very important for the for the QPR fans. But the one thing about Holloway as well that that he does get, he, he gets the structure of the club and the history. Because remember when Daffy died, he was generally really upset. Anyone at the club who was around there would know. And, he made sure that she got the proper send-off because he understood QPR. He wasn't just someone that came in like Mark Hughes and didn't give a rat about the club. He understands it. He got it. He got a culture, and he actually, he's he's part of our culture as well now. And you know, and and that was amazing to see that what he did for Daphne was brilliant. And I, not many football managers would have done what he did at the time. Okay, we're 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 at the end pretty much. We're Jeez, about to get kicked out. Uh, time for final thoughts for ours end. Who's going first? I look at you. Mr. Charles. Okay, right. Well, I, I mean, people said everyone's got an Ollie story, and, and uh, a few years ago when I was at the Beeb, I used to do a, a column with him every week, which uh, started off when he was Plymouth manager and then when he was Leicester manager. Got some real funny quotes out of there, the cheap teabag quote, uh, Ronaldo being hung like a hamster, all of that sort of stuff. But uh, on, the, on the eve of his what was going to be his final game in Leicester, they went down. My little girl was... Well, a few weeks old. She'd been in hospital for a few weeks. It wasn't wasn't great at the time. And the night before his biggest game of his career, he took the time out to ring me up and ask how she was. And I thought, you know, that's the measure of the man, really. Uh, just echo, really, what everyone else has said there. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to have a Holloway moment, it would probably be the time I text him the wrong message. And he was he um, went on radio fire flag. Goes, look at this from a QBR fan. He's telling me he's lonely. It wasn't meant for him. Um, um, Who was it oh, meant for then? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I can't remember actually. But it wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, so a, te- a text thing. I, I think it was a bit of mine. It was like you know, working away, and I was like, oh god, I'm, I'm so lonely. I'm stuck in this shop. And um, and then he goes, I've got I've got enough problems on my hands. I don't need to keep your father's lonely under. And I think. Be fair, I, I don't know him that well, but everyone who's a QPR fan feels they, they, they know him. That means he's a good human being, he's decent, and he will bring decent times back amongst the fearful. Uh, results, well, we'll have to wait to see how they go, how his football's changed, but there's um, 30 guys and women from Ireland coming over on Saturday, and what a game to choose. And also, my mate Paul Hull, his son's mascot for Saturday, so oh, have lovely. a brilliant time, Paul, with your son. And um, do you know what? I'm actually really pleased that Ollie's back. I'm really pleased that we've got something to focus on, and I'll be even more pleased with three points on Saturday and we can start the Ollie Revolution. But one last thing, and I know I shouldn't talk about this as a dyslexic, but is it O L L Y or O L I E? I E. All right. Have you not read the hashtag? Because his name, I L L Y, is, is how you spell, you know, someone's name who's Oliver. But his name isn't Oliver, is it? It's a nickname based on Holloway, <coughs> so I'm it's just very, made up. Well, I mean, I'm Cookie, I E. Uh, see, I, I'm. But someone, yeah. p- people spell it with a Y, and it annoys me. Really? Yeah. Right. 
I E. Yeah, I'm Billy with a Y. Oh, y well, but that's your actual name. No, yeah. my name's William. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, yeah. no, no. Well, but, you know, it's not your nickname. It's not. A, well, yeah, it's you're not a nickname. Well, I tell you my nickname. Okay, I'm just an idiot. Can I just say one last thing, please, before we go? Everyone on Saturday, get behind the friggin' lads. Get the place rocking. Let's let's bring back the good times and and just have so much enthusiasm. This is we're starting to get our QPR back. Let's just roll with it and just see where it takes us. Okay, I'll skip my my R's end because Paul's nearly rolled into 2017 and go straight to <laughs> Billy. Sorry. Well, I I think it's great that he's back. I think it it, it makes you kind of almost fall in love with the club, make you feel a little like, like a child. It's quite exciting. But just one story that, that popped in my head was, I remember we were playing Sunderland at home and um, it was April Fool's and I went and I went and bought a wig because obviously at the time Molly had a shaved head and I went, and I just walked in his office, I don't know why, and I went, can you wear this wig for, um, for April Fool's? I want to do an interview with you. We'll do it absolutely straight. And see if you can do it, okay? So he was brilliant. He did it apps. He was long. I'll, I'll see if I can find the clip on video DVD somewhere. He's wearing this blonde wig down to his down to his shoulders, and he's doing this interview. And he's doing it. We're doing it absolutely seriously. And I'm behind the camera, just creasing up, laughing. It was absolutely hilarious. And um, he was to it saying, he, he, and then in the end, I asked him about his hair. And he said, "I'm doing a bit of match of the day work, and I wanted to, to do it." And it's, it's, I'm going to have to find this clip because it's, it is really, really funny. Some. It seems to have disappeared in the sands of time, but. It, I'll have to to find it and stick it on YouTube or something because it's very funny. Sure, too. someone can help us find yeah. it. Lee, just looking forward to the quote after the game. Um, depending <laughs> on how it goes, I mean, my favourite one he ever said was the the unlucky one. Where we were so unlucky today, I could fall in a barrel full of boobs. I'll come out <laughs> sucking me thumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was one of the funniest ones I've heard. So let's see what happens Saturday. But like uh, Paul said, get behind them and let's, let's rock it Saturday and. Uh, I think we're beating Norwich actually they're not doing the best at the minute so they're there for the taking well we'll do predictions as we go out of the podcast I'm sorry to sort of do this when we're talking all about Holloway memories I just have some podcast business to do which is in the next four days we, we're going up to Manchester on Thursday I'm sure with Chris me, Paul, Chris and Chris Mendes because the podcast is up for the best podcast award at the Football Blogging Awards so oh, well fingers done, crossed boys. thank you and a genuine real bookmaker has published odds on us winning. No way. 20 to 1. Ooh. Is that all? 20 to 1. We I are 20 to 1 <laughs> on Bookie. They're a bookmaker called Bookie. We are 20 to 1. I mean, we're up against Bob Mortimer and we're up... Yeah, I think we tweeted it earlier, but I'll tweet right. it again. The betting was suspended on Tim Sherwood. I'll have you know. Yeah, exactly. Go, so, David trust the are bookies. We, are you seriously telling me that there's a price... That we could actually there is genuinely us. We are available on a bookmaker twenty to one, but we are up against Bob Mortimer and the geezer from the Inbetweeners. Uh, from um, what's his name? Yeah, um, he's the one who does oh, it. The one yeah, Jay yeah. from the Inbetweeners. Yeah, his we, podcast. We've got the Inbetweeners that listen so, to us. The guy who exactly. Right predictions for Saturday against Norwich. We'll go around the table, starting with Billy. Three uh, 0 Rangers. And we're going to win two 0 Rangers. Lee. Two 0 Chris. Yeah, I'll go 2-0. 4-0. So, between five of us, nobody thinks we're going to let in a goal. That aggregate score is astonishing. It's astonishing. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening to our Ian Holloway special. This has been Open All Ours, a QPR podcast. You ours. QPR. QPR. This one,